Things What Not To Watch is a bad movie review podcast containing strong language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Not to watch, things what not to watch, things what not to watch, things what, what not to watch. It's things what not to watch. We are rolling. Right, I'll just turn this down. Yeah, turn that one down. It is episode seven. Fucking hell. Episode seven. Bloody hell. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to Things What Not To Watch with me, Jareth. And I'm Sam. And uh, what do we have this week, mate? So we've got one of the worst films that we've watched, I think. Um, Oh, it's painful. Yeah, absolutely painful and so boring to watch. Birdemic, Shock and Terror from 2010. Yeah. Just not what... You know when you say, oh, does what it says on the tin... Yeah, it just absolutely fails at everything because yeah. the title was quite good, birdemic. You think well, yeah. that's actually quite a clever play on words. That's where it stops. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I think that the shock is that the film was actually ever made because it's very, very bad. And terror, I felt the terror just understanding that there was a sequel to the film as well. There's Birdemic Two. I saw that 2013 or something. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. God knows how it got made. It yeah. became maybe a cult classic, and they thought, yeah, we'll milk this one. It only cost us how much did it cost actually <laughs> to make? Put it with a budget. It cost ten thousand dollars. And it took the that is dark, expensive, very expensive, yeah. But uh, considering it took um, James Wen or Noyan, Wen is the actual uh, correct pronunciation. I think it's a Vietnamese name. James, oh, thank you. Yeah, James Wen. It took him four years to make the film, and uh, I think four years, four years to make it. What yeah. the fuck was he doing? <laughs> He could have trained real birds instead of using the shit CGI that uh, that appears many times throughout the uh, throughout the film. But um, actually, we don't start seeing any any birds. Well, we do see some parrots at the start, but then uh, it's not until sort of forty seven minutes that you actually see any attacking birds. Ah! Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, look, let's let's sort of the general synopsis, Sam. Shit. Okay, I've got to find a synopsis. Bear with me a second. He's just currently looking for the synopsis. <laughs> Go with the one from IMDb. A horde of mutated birds descends upon the quiet town of Half Moon Bay, California. With the death toll rising, two citizens manage to fight back. But will they survive? Bird damn it. Yeah, I, yeah, probably not. No, they, well, we won't give anything away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, Sam, please don't. Any decent reviews on this one, mate? Yes, we've got, uh, there's quite a few reviews, of course, as usual. Sam finds a review... He's currently going through Google to find a review. So, oh, he's found one. Yeah, so we've actually got um, we've got the usual ones, you know, because it's so poor and it got. Uh, I think. Let me just have a quick look what its rating was on IMDb. Um, it got one point eight out of ten, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it got eighteen percent on the tomato meter. That is, but that's more than most of the films we've reviewed. So not too bad. I think it got sort of 1.6 on Google as well. But there's the usual ones with it being such a shit film. It's got the cult following and people saying, oh, you know, it's a masterpiece. It's the best film ever made. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll just go to Fraser Tasker's review here. This film made me cry. It was so beautifully made, I dumped my girlfriend so that I can watch it all over again. It has given me a new perspective of that birds are dangerous and they should be destroyed. I stopped watching Pornhub and concentrated having a good time at the detailed and delicate sex scene. Hint of sarcasm. But we've got uh, got another one here. This is from Justin G. So he's been quite honest here. A movie not to watch. I regret that I ever had the chance to watch it before, but I'm also equally miserable, this is all caps by the way, that I've watched this movie at any time. The movie was quite awful to my life, just like everyone. Not This is where it gets interesting. Not that I had been to jail, no. But similar to that I was exiled within my own misery. Recent times have been hard. 
It made me fed up, and this presented a, fi- a feeling to stop trying. But oh. this, I don't think he's very. All right, mate. This isn't Trisha. Yeah. All right. Just <laughs> but, but this movie taught me that with persistence and hopefulness, wonders can never be attained. The movie was a bit awful in the beginning, just as the life of any prisoner. <laughs> But it didn't raise my want to watch. Later in the latter part, there were some depressing moments, which I'll make you think that hope can do no good. But a sudden shift in the climax will bring the bad emotions of urge when the prisoner takes the misery. He doesn't make any more sense than this. That is, if ever I've heard it, the ramblings of an utter madman. Yeah, and then uh, there's another pineapple and, yeah, confounded to hell. So, oh, well, no, he comes up with, <laughs> comes up with an alternative title. Turd Demic. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, uh, what yeah. was his name? Uh, that was from Justin G. Justin, get in touch, mate. Yeah. You still like him? You need a friend. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, it's actually um, a- another new sort of genre for us. We uh, really did think it was going to be in the horror genre. But on uh, Wikipedia, it's actually referred to as an American independent romantic horror film. Is that a genre? I don't know, but I think this might have been the third, first. Um, film in that genre to be honest yeah yeah well i think they're clutching at straws yeah there's a love interest but that doesn't make it a romance i mean yeah we see like three couples throughout the film and rod gets together with natalie but it's certainly not a romantic film by any stretch all right mate well (laughs) 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 we better we better get into it yeah yeah so i mean the, the the film opens and it's um the most excruciating probably five or six minutes of um, of Rod driving his uh, his hot rod Mustang around the, the roads in California somewhere, and it's just completely pointless. And at some points, the uh, the camera's even on an angle. Just yeah. Just a bit of a difference. So it literally looks like a bloke's in the back of his car because the camera's just shaking everywhere. Yeah. And there's no credits for like about three minutes, and then all of a sudden it's like, pandemic. Yeah, and then you get all of the titles. Like yeah. the, I'm sure that the uh, the closing credits of the film are the ones that are identical to the ones that we see at the opening. Probably, yeah, probably. yeah. And uh, I mean, we we first see Rod. You know, I think we get a gauge of how absolutely awful the acting is because he, he's walking along like some sort of sim, like yeah. a, a robot. Yeah, like the Sims. You know, like yeah. when they used to just just like walk along, just uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, just like void of any emotion. Mm. He's just a bit of a creep, isn't he? Yeah, and he he goes he goes into a cafe. We do see the the first bit of really poor dubbing. The um the waitress he goes into Rod goes into the cafe and the waitress goes hi <laughs> yeah yeah all all of a sudden you know the ten the ten thousand dollars that's been spent on this movie starts to kick in yeah. with the audio it's 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 I'm sure they're using either two cameras mm. or two like recording equipment. Um, I'm pretty sure one's got the mobile. Maybe they're recording it on a mobile, like scatty, isn't it? Scratchy. It's yeah, just yeah. And and actually, throughout the whole film, there's a lot of scenes that have absolutely actually got no sound on whatsoever. That happens quite a lot. Yeah, it? yeah. I think I think there was yeah some probably some editing issues there. But <laughs> yeah, like a bird, she then turns into a bird and eats him. No, no, she doesn't. That's no. Um, there's a ra- rather gorgeous young lady who uh, who he spots, and then actually. We think, yeah, this guy's a bit of a fucking stalker because she basically leaves the uh, the cafe and he looks around at her ass and then decides to follow her. Yeah, and he, he sort of runs up to her and goes, hey, don't I know you from somewhere? Oh, that's right, we're at school together. And, and Natalie goes, oh, what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, who are you? And then he's uh, like, yeah, no, we were in that English class like 10 years ago. I was sitting two rows behind you. It's like, yeah. all right, stalker. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I've got to go now. And then he goes after her again. Yeah, take yeah. a hint, mate. Yeah. She doesn't want to, to be fair to him, persistency, 
pays off. Pays off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he gets, gets her number and, and says, oh, do you want to go out for dinner? And she's like, oh, you move quick. Well, and she <laughs> gives him a card. Yeah, she gives him a card. He gives a card. And because he goes, oh, I want to know a great Vietnamese place, but that's it. No more details about where it is. Or yeah, she great. might want to know where it is. And t- a time. Yeah. You know, a day. Yeah, might know. be good. Just meet me at the Vietnamese place. We'll be there at exact same time. It'll be fine. I think throughout the whole film as well, there's a lot of very superfluous and absolutely pointless scenes. The next one where Rod's just basically sat at home eating a donut for breakfast. Um, he goes Ludicrous. to work, fills up his Mustang, then he's in a traffic jam, which is absolutely riveting viewing. Um, again, we get some weird fucking camera angles, and then we see him on the phone in his sales job at the office. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you explain what happens next. He's just sort of sitting there. He's obviously on the phone to a big client, yeah. so he's obviously in a, uh, you know, he's, he's he's been talking to him for a while, and he's closing the deal. Mm. And uh, he turns around, he goes, what's it going to take for me to get your business? Yeah. We can't hear what the client's saying. He goes, yeah, I'll give you that plus 50% off. All right, yeah. don't give it away. <laughs> and then he says to his mate, oh, that was a million dollar deal. Well, yeah. So you've just given away half a million dollars then. <laughs> oh, Ridiculous salesman. Yeah. I know. Oh, no, if it's 50% off, then it would have been two million. If you give yeah. Them, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, it's just half the, you know, we're thinking, oh, it might be a few hundred dollars or whatever, or a yeah. couple of grand. Yeah, I've just made a million dollar sale. And then we see a little bit more about Natalie. So, yeah, um, yeah she's... Uh, uh, she's a fashion model and she's at a fashion shoot. Well, uh, the lighting's poor. I'll yeah, kick the off lighting's with that. The really light. bad. It's, it's almost like a dark room she's in. <laughs> Sex trafficking. Yeah. I, like, I think yeah. she might be paying the photographer <laughs> for the photos. Perhaps. Yeah, mum gave her a voucher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course you're a model. Come on, yeah. there you go. Go on. And then it cuts to, this is one of my favourite bits, it's the reception of dream models who are obviously Natalie's fling uh, agency and she she gets a, a, an amazing gig. It's with uh, Victoria's Secret. R.I.P. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. They've, <laughs> just, they've just gone under, haven't they? Haven't Victoria's Secret, yeah. Right, right. I read that somewhere. Anyway, okay. Fact check that one. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she just gets a job, so this is 2010, so obviously Victoria's Secret is pumping and they're like, no, 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 no sorry Sam, not only do you get Victoria's Secret, you're going to be on the front cover oh, that's of Victoria's right. Secret. Yeah, the front cover of Victoria's Secret what? I didn't know they'd, they'd obviously do a magazine, obviously yeah. some sort of in-house magazine or something. He's, you know, making million dollar sales. Sure, he's given away a million dollars to make it, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, then it's then it's like this weird, oh, sorry, mate, we jumped the gun actually with a Vietnamese restaurant because he just takes her number. Oh, that's right. And, and then he, he phones her. Same, then he phones her. Yeah, he leaves work like a, like a robot, sits in his car and then calls Natalie. The annoying thing about Natalie's phone is that her, her ringtone is a bicycle bell. Like, oh. ring, ring. Awful. <laughs> Terrible. That ringtone. And so they get the date, and he goes, oh, I know this great Vietnamese place. Then it cuts to Rod and his, his mate Rick, who are playing basketball. Terribly, yeah. I'd just like to add. Really badly. And then they moan about how hot the weather is. Well, you're both wearing like full hoodies and like you're not wearing sports kit. Been to California a couple of times, but I'm pretty sure that is not what you wear when you're playing basketball. And so uh, they have a bit of banter when they're finished playing ball. And uh, and Rod basically tells Rick, my company NCT have been acquired by Oracle and I've got stock options. So I'm going to make shitloads of money. He's an absolute lad. But R- Rod is it's sort of a, he's a bit of a weird character, doesn't he? He sort of comes in and he's trying to be this stiffler esque lad character and they're like, he's sort of saying yeah no I'm taking out this model out for dinner and he's like yeah alright mate you know make sure make sure you score with her yeah you know that's, it goes straight to that alright Rod grow yeah. up next scene's quite hilarious because it's completely out of context and we don't know what even why this is happening Rod's at home again and then Jerry from the solar company comes around and uh, says oh I'm here to show you that we can fit a solar panel on your house and uh, <laughs> Rod, <laughs> <It's> Rod, <a laughs> Rod goes oh where are you going to put it 
And Jerry from the solar company goes, oh, come outside, I'll show you. And he points to the roof. Really? You're <laughs> going to put the solar panel on, on the roof? We thought we'd <laughs> chuck it underneath the kitchen drawers. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, so that's where we get a lot of sunlight. <laughs> or underneath the house in the basement. Of course it's going on the roof. This is where this sort of, I think, like this global warming theme agenda sort of starts to creep in. Yeah, there's an underlying message, isn't there? And then, he, and then he's sort of, <laughs> it's hilarious because he's sort of, you know, he's a salesman. So he's got this guy, you know, flogging him some dodgy solar panels. Yeah. He's going, yeah, it goes on top of the roof. He goes, right, okay, how much is this going to set me back? Yeah. 20K. He goes, 20,000? 20, 20, 20K? Yeah. Like, <laughs> mate, you're about to inherit loads of money from your stock options or whatever. Tight ass. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't care about the environment that much. Yeah. And then he goes, look, come on, can you do me a deal? And then he goes, 19K, and he goes, done. There we go. That's why you're giving away 50% of your bloody sales, mate. Worst negotiator in history. Absolutely terrible. And then we we actually get to the date. The next yeah. scene is the the date of the Vietnamese place. And somehow she's found it. And they're just having a bit of a chat. And Rod tells tells Natalie about his job, how he's a software salesman. God, his chat is awful, it though, is Sam. It is so boring, eh? Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I, mean, he's got, I mean, she's got a little bit of life about him. She's not much better. But, oh, God, just listening to him is like, he is a sim. Yeah. He might as well be talking that sim language. Remember, it was like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Like in Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> but just but just before they get to the Vietnamese restaurant again, and you know this has been a recurring thing with shit films. Yeah. Okay, is, is absolute crap filler, like just filler scenes, and they like pan the wallpaper of this Vietnamese restaurant for honestly about two minutes. Yeah, and that doesn't sound like a lot, guys, but two minutes just looking at wallpaper with this lot like, of rank music in the background. It's bizarre. Very strange. There's a lot of filler scenes throughout. It's a little bit like um, the good old room with uh, Tommy Wiseau. There's a lot of scenes of just unnecessary... Lisa! Like, <laughs> ...street scenes. And yeah, in the Vietnamese restaurant, we, we need to know what the wallpaper looks like, apparently. Oh, can't. Because they want to show that they're being culturally act, uh, accurate and yeah. that the paintings on the wallpaper are actually Vietnamese. But this is the bit... I start to get a little bit worried about Rod at this bit because Natalie basically says, oh, you've, you've got to meet Alex... And we're like, oh, God, Natalie's got a boyfriend. Anyway, she's got a picture of, uh, of Alex in her wallet. And Rod keeps on trying to grab it from her. And he's like, oh, who's, who's this other man in your life? Anyway, it turns out that uh, Alex is, is her cat. Yeah. And she says, oh, you know, I'd, I'd love to have a ton of cats. A ton of cats. I mean, that's yeah, that's a lot. How, how many cats is that, Sam? Well, I actually did a calculation here, and a ton of cats is about 254 cats. No, <laughs> not 255, surely. No, no, 254. Average cat weighing about four kilos. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Heard it here first, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone, yeah, ton of cats. There we go. Yeah, a very rigid conversation. Uh, there's absolute zero chemistry, none whatsoever. Um, Terrible. Uh, which is, um, yeah. So the, the the chat is awful, and it sort of goes back and forth. What's what is the protagonist's name? It's not Rod. Rod's his mate, isn't it? Uh, no, Rod's the main guy. Rick's the ah, uh, Rick's thing. Rick. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I'm yeah. conf- confusing the R's. Yeah. So Rick yeah. Um, is the mate. Rod is the main guy. Yeah. And we get Ramsey coming in later on as well. On oh, no, this is where they go for a bit of a walk, and this is where we see the first CGI birds, and they're actually parrots. They're flying a bit slowly, and then the parrots are just like flying near the tree. Actually, when the parrots are flying near the tree, you think actually they could be real birds, but they're just flying so bloody slowly. You obviously realise that they're not. And when it zooms in, like, let's just give you a breakdown, guys, and try to make you imagine the CGI. If you've ever had Tekken 1 on PlayStation, <laughs> okay, it's very similar to that. It's yeah. like that blocky sort of... Yeah, it, it's just literally like one movement. 
of the wings and that's it move and then flap and then strike flap and then strike and it's it's amazing that you know i mean this is 2010 and there was computer power available yeah <laughs> as well playstation 3 was out for starters yeah it's only 10 years ago really yeah you know and the iphone yeah, iPhone was out, of course, yeah, for a good yeah, sort so of four can. or five years or so. I think that's when most of the recording was done on. More than likely, because a lot of it is out of focus as well. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, I mean, anyway, so they go, go and have this <laughs> yeah. nice sort of evening. They're looking at parrots. They <laughs> looking want at parrots in the tree. They go for a bit of a dance in a club, and then he just walks her home. But then we see Natalie going to see her <laughs> to see her mum. Oh, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, that is not her mum. <laughs> no. Okay, she does not take after her mum. She yeah. walks into this house, and she, you know, Natalie's a tall, yeah, she's a model, Victoria. Yeah. She probably could get away with being a Victoria's Secret model. Probably. Mum's sort of like Aunt Bessie. Yeah. Isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Her, chucking Yorkshire puddings around. Yeah. Always baking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Lovely lady, but yeah. you can, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, not convincing. And pretty old for a mum. Yeah. I mean, she yeah, like she must 60s. have had, had her when she was like maybe... <laughs> 40 or something. Don't think they thought about this. No. But it's only then, I mean, after Natalie lands a, a job with Victoria's Secret, for goodness sake, and then um, it takes her up until now to tell her mum about it. She's been out on a date with a guy and, oh, mum, I've got, a, I've got a job with Victoria's Secret. Why didn't you phone your mum after you got told that on the phone? I mean, that's pretty big news. Yeah. Big Especially, news. you know, for, for dream models. Yeah. That's the biggest, <laughs> the biggest deal yet. But a really awkward bit in this scene where her mum, they have a bit of a chat about stuff and then her mum gives the thumbs up and she holds her thumb up literally for about 10 seconds just going like this. I'm just holding my thumb up for, for the listeners. Again, that's loading it. reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of my, my, <laughs> yeah, my sim theory. Totally. No, that's such a bit of an awe. And, and the mum sort of delves in, has a little bit of a dig at her. Daughter's got Victoria's Secret, which is arguably in 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 the modelling world probably up there is one of the biggest one of the biggest things to get. Yeah. And she's like, Are you still not thought about that career in real estate? Yeah. Like, and mum's always trying to push her into yeah. real estate. And then, <laughs> and then she turns around and goes, you know, modern thinking. You know, this is 2010, and she turns around. And she goes, Well, you n- if the modelling doesn't work out, at least you have a rich rich boyfriend because she tells the boyfriend about the deal he just made to fall back on. It's yeah. like, all right, mum, have a bit of faith in her. Bloody yeah. Hell. Yeah. She doesn't believe in her at all, does she? Massive feminist me, mate. So the the next scene, it's a, a little bit strange. We've got this girl that's in this motel. It's clearly a motel room. And there's a poster behind her that says, Imagine Peace. And then www.imaginepeace.com or something. And this is where sort of James Wen, you can see that he's putting these surreptitious messages into the film about peace and global warming and all this sort of stuff. Turns out this, this young lady, her name's Mai, played by a young actress called Mona Lisa Moon. And uh, anyway, Natalie calls her because she is her friend. Turns out that Mai is the girlfriend of Rick, of Rod's friend. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and anyway, so Mai says, uh, sorry, Natalie says to Mai, oh, well, let's go on a double date. My friend um, Natalie's got this new boyfriend. And then we realise that it's Rick, which is Rod's friend. And Rick goes, oh, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's my friend Rod that's going out with your friend Natalie. And it's yeah. like, how have you only just come to talk about this? I mean, it's lovely, you yeah. know, easy, you know, easy double date. They go to the cinema, which is, you know, ludicrous because no one can talk. Oh, no, but before the double date at the cinema, this is where um, Rod and Rick are at work at the NCT meeting. And the boss comes in, the CEO, and goes, we've sold the company to Oracle for a billion dollars. Such a round number. Yeah, such again. a round number again. And then this is a pretty painful scene. So much clapping. What you do is you pan as everyone's cheering and clapping. But now I feel like the director... Uh, James Wen. James Wen. I feel like yeah. Je- I feel like Jimmy Boy was wanting to get everyone in the room. 
you yeah. know, a, you know, we'll do it in threes. Let's go around <laughs> in threes around this long boardroom table with a thousand people. Yeah, the longest clapping montage I think I've ever seen. It is just horrible, really. And then uh, Rick and Rod are having a, they're having a bit of banter before they go on their double date. This is the bit where uh, Rick says to to Rod, they're actually playing with a remote control car in the in the office boardroom for some reason. Obviously, celebrating with a let's crack the remote control car out because we've just realised yeah. we're going to get a load of money because we've got stock options with the put, with put the board. champagne and Charlie away, mate. <laughs> yeah, just get, get the car. remote control car out. <laughs> and Rick says to Rod, "Oh, you know, you need to get a Ferrari because girls love Ferraris. You know, you need a Ferrari to get into a girl's pants, which is yeah, just horrible." Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a what a fiend. Yeah, but then Rod says, "Oh no, she's my Ferrari." Oh, yeah. what, a, what a, you know what? He's grown on me. What a yeah. decent guy. Yeah, yeah. What a decent guy. Yeah. But this, then they go on the date, and the, it turns out that the, they'd seen the film Inconvenient Truth, which again is obviously one of James Wen's messages. Oh, Inconvenient Truth, global warming, blah blah blah. Yeah. I've just got to I've just got to make a point because I've actually got a quote that I want to bring up that okay. um, actually Rick says, yeah. and um, after they're joshing around and they're they're playing with the car, he goes, "Oh." better get back to work and then he goes what sexual work <laughs> does he yeah he does <laughs> absolutely outrageous <laughs> sexual work honestly oh that's right yeah, yeah when yeah, they've yeah. had the date yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> alright mate bloody yeah. hell calm yeah. down sorry this was post date not post yeah. um, post work got that wrong yeah. yeah absolutely ridiculous Yeah, it, an interesting turn in the film as well because Rod has obviously got all this money from from NCT's billion dollar sale to Oracle getting the the, the payout as a stakeholder means that you're now actually just going to leave the, the company and set up on your own which he does and you think oh you know might set up a software sales company but no he goes into competition with his old mate jerry that came to <laughs> came around to selling the solar panel and rod's in this meeting setting up this solar company you know i can i can make these solar panels are so much cheaper than our competitors there's obviously some venture capitalists there and you know rod really does a fantastic sales pitch with them really comes into his own he really fair. does come into his own and he says the the one of the venture capitalists says how much do you want rod goes 10 million dollars yeah, yeah and he goes okay deal and then rod goes awesome and yeah. shakes his hand like every business deal that's exactly how every that's business how done, deal mate. goes you name your price you shake hands and you say awesome and that's it so it was done in the good old days mate now we've got a really superfluous scene of the uh, the art and pumpkin festival Oh, my God. Yeah, and this is basically five minutes of Rod and Natalie walking around stalls at a pumpkin fair. Pointless. It doesn't add anything to film whatsoever. It's Hor- horrible again, really. It's a pumpkin festival. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the art and pumpkin festival. You know, at this point, I'm thinking, when when, <laughs> when does it all go south? Because all we've seen is a couple of parrots by this point. Yeah, it does take 47 minutes before the, bar- the birds start to attack, which we'll get to very shortly, actually. Then we get an interesting scene of Rod and Natalie walking along the beach and they're having a bit of a chat about nothing. And then Rod points to the sea and goes, all life came from the sea. We're made of water, so what? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great line. Fantastic. Oh, that's, yeah, amazing. Just so insightful. Yeah. I'm just going to repeat that again. All life came from the sea. We're made of water, so what? Wow, Rod, you are so deep. (laughs) (laughs) Rod, you are as deep as the ocean you talk about, Rod. And then then they start to find, like, Natalie finds some uh, some dead birds, and this is obviously the start of the... Yeah, the bird demic. Oh god, yeah. They start to see, you know, it's like this crusty CGI dead thing, it's just dried yeah, up. Yeah, Natalie sand. wants to touch it, and Rod's like, "No, don't touch it. It yeah. could be contagious." He gets, he goes a bit Ike Turner at that point, doesn't he? You go, yeah. "No, don't touch it." <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. if you touched it, it'd, it'd, it's, um, it'd hit her or something. Yeah, <laughs> which is to be fair, she's just sort of a bit dazed, like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just touch it, pet it." You yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's, it's dead. It's dead, Natalie. And then it's more of Natalie and Rod. 
Oh God! With the, with the pub scene, and then uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, he goes. Well, she takes him to meet the meet the mum. Oh, that's she? right. Yeah, yeah, and again, not not much happens apart from a bit of banter with her mum about what she's doing in her retirement, and she used to be a jeweller. Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" Oh, Natalie's told me, you know, you got a bit of money. All right, mum. Yeah. So, so rude. You yeah. never ask. Oh, just told me you did a big deal at work. Big salesman, are you? Yeah, yeah. got loads of money. You better look after my Natalie. Yeah, yeah. Get get back in the kitchen. Do some, <laughs> you know, bake some more donuts that he's eating for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. So they go out to a pub that I'm pretty sure is open during lockdown level four because <laughs> there is no one in there. <laughs> Absolutely dead. It's like there's towels across the taps on the bar, and uh, the guy brings some drinks out for them, gives them the menus. And goes, oh, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, are you ready? He goes, are you ready to order? And they're like, no, not not now, thanks. He's like, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Makes no sense. Like, get them food, then you and deliver then- the food. You get behind the bar. Absolute. And then you say, I hope you enjoy it when you're giving them the food. Yeah, and yeah. they're looking like they're enjoying it. It's this awkward, like, montage of them just sort of... Like, I thought they were just going in there for a drink, but, I mean, who, who goes in... You know, they've gone into a pub to eat. They've gone into is, a pub to have um, some drinks and some, some food, and then they dance for what could be hours with this one guy doing what could only be, like, high-end karaoke because he's singing this song, and you can tell that there's other backing singers and a whole band... But we only see him. That's on where his own. The, that's where ten grand went yeah. <laughs> to, to the to the back band. Yeah. Um, but it's actually a pretty pretty catchy song. It's not got bad. It's sort of like a funky sort of jazz vibe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. In fact, that's the only decent bit of music in the whole film. Um, obviously, we've got the screech of the birds, which we'll come to very very shortly. The start of the film, the music, it's all a bit ominous. But then we never hear that music again, really. But then it comes to the worst, most shocking part of the film, which mm. is just so scary, and that is Rod's dancing. Yeah, it's he um, he can't dance for shit. Oh, basically. he looks he looks so awkward. You yeah. know, Natalie's not amazing, but you know she's sort of feeling the beat a little bit. She he looks uncomfortable. Yeah, glad that no one can see this because again, you just <laughs> you just press dance on the Sims, <laughs> on the Sims two thousand yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. You press the dance button. Yeah, it's like the first dance that you learn when you're a kid. You just move from side to side, and that's yeah. it. And maybe raise your arms up a little bit, but not too far. What was it? Heel toe, heel toe, <laughs> one, two, do si do. And then uh, then you think, oh, you know, these two, they're going to be getting it on. Yeah. So are they going to go back to Rod's place or are they going to go back to Natalie's place? No, they're going to go to a seedy fucking motel. Yeah, yeah. see, this is where it takes a bit of a turn for me. I mean, look, saying to, he's saying to his mate, you know, she, he, she's the Ferrari. She's my Ferrari. He's just just won like a few million. He's got another 10 million from some uh, venture investment capitalist, venture yeah. capitalist firm. Yeah. You know, he's going places. He literally takes her to, like, the sleaziest motel room. It's the grottiest motel room with bed sheets that, are like, a six-year-old boy would have. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Follows with this. She goes... He, She comes out and goes, what do you think? Yeah, you know? she's just in her underwear at this point. And he spends quite a long time, actually. You, saw, you see Rod panning down her body, and then he stops and looks at her feet for a good ten seconds. Foot fish? <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah. Then pans back up, and he says something like, oh, yeah, you look great, or something. And then they, they proceed to sort of have this sort of soft porno scene of yeah. like kissing. And it's a lot of... Oh. It's, unco- it's uncovered, yeah. <laughs> God knows what going the, the, on there. This, Yeah, this is the tender sex scene that uh, the reviews mentioned earlier. Yeah, but there's not really... I mean, there's nothing to write home about. It sort of pans down the bodies. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like uh, thumb wars, but with their feet. Yeah, that's like weird. Just, just coming together and like slapping each other. Yeah. I think I generally think maybe the director's got something about feet. Maybe he's into feet. I think feet. James Wen might have a foot fetish. Yeah, 
quite theory. possibly. But then, people, we get to, the, get to the good bit. So when Rod and Natalie wake up in the morning, we hear the birds outside. Literally. That's literally the sound that we hear, I'd say, maybe at least three to 400 times. Oh, it's consistent. Yeah. It's consistent. You know, with, with each thing, you can tell it's been recorded individually because it's like... And it stops. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no carry on. No, and so the, the the birds are attacking the hotel room where Rod and Natalie are. They can smell them in there. They can smell, yeah, because they've been doing naughty business in there. And so, what do they decide to do? They decide to block the window with the bed. Yeah. Let's let's just well first we'll take the um, we'll take the mattress off and put it again, <laughs> and they just start take the, they pull up the bed and then just. Squash it against. Don't block the door. Oh, mind you, they wouldn't come through the door. Probably come through the window. Yeah, like the birds are trying to smash the window or something to get at them. Goodness knows. Yeah. And then, um, and then they're like, oh god. So then they like wait it out for a bit, and then the birds have gone. So they're like, right, let's make a run for it. Yeah, I've just got to say, this is the first bit where we do see the the birds in full attack mode, and I'd actually encourage listeners to go and watch the trailer only for Birdemic just to see the badness of these these CGI birds because they are terrible and they're just recycled again and again and again throughout the movie. <laughs> God. <laughs> no, no, honestly, we we are not messing with you guys. Like generally go on to YouTube, trailer it. They are fucking terrible. And Natalie actually asks uh Rod, she goes, "Can they get in?" And unless they carry a rock in their talons and like launch it at the window, no Natalie, they can't get in. Oh, fucking hell, they've only got the hotel skeleton key. <laughs> Bloody hell, quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, the little claws. Oh, mind yeah. you, put the little claws in the in the lock. And oh, they could do, yeah. Quite Jimmy the lock, yeah. yeah. So then the birds go away and they think, oh, let's get out of here. But then they just run into someone else's room. Yeah, yeah, they just... So they've, they've run out of their own room. They're together and then they've just run along. And, oh, my God, they've got no idea what they're doing. Mm. And then they just run into this other couple's room. Yeah, so they run in and introduce themselves like good people. Introduce now, it's uh, Ramsey and Becky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Rick and Mai, they're completely gone. We'll hear about them a little bit later on. It's no surprise that they get killed. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> they decide to uh, join forces with Ramsey and, um, and Becky. Yeah, and 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 you know they're 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 pretty onto it. You know Becky and they all get on instantly. I'd say yeah. you know they, there's a bit of camaraderie there. They're both couples. They respect each other. They're like let's work together as a team. Yeah. So thinking right, okay, where do they go from here? They said, look, we have got a van or something. Yeah, let's um let's get out of it. At this point, we realise that bloody Rod, the absolute doofus that he is, has gone off. Oh, forgot all my keys he's, no he's lost his keys I've, I've lost my keys you've been in the same motel room all night and you've somehow lost your keys maybe they were inside the bed or something yeah, that yeah. you put against the window he'd left them underneath the pillow and he's just chucked them across the room yeah but um but yeah look they haven't got keys so they're talking they're talking to these guys they build up a bit of a, a relationship so then the uh sorry what was the uh the new guy's name ramsey so ramsey you know captain ramsey you know he steps up he goes right guys look, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring this shit together yeah okay Right, what we're going to do is we've got to fight these birds, okay? We've got to fight them, okay? We're not going to take this shit. No. We oh. need something to defend ourselves. Yeah, exactly. As 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 you would, you know, he's yeah. Captain Ramsey, he's a brave guy. Yeah. I know what we'll do. Let's get some fucking hangers. Some coat hangers out of the closet, yeah, because birds are so scared of coat hangers being waved at them. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> you remember when you were younger? Yeah. And used to like, you know, you'd play around and, and be like, cap- pretend to be Captain Hook or something. Mm. And you'd sort of put the coat hanger between your knuckles and yeah. put it out your sleeve. 
you know, that's that's that is what they're battling these human killing bird eagle yeah. seagull things. Mm-hmm. He's come out. He said, "Right, we got the coat hangers." He said, "But what I want us to do is to all go, you know, ba- back, back to back, back. To back. <laughs> so so that we can see them coming from all yeah, angles. We, we can't miss any angles. <laughs> we need to go out there like diamond formation. Yeah, coat yeah. hangers, ludicrous. And they, and they come out of the door, and Rod has forgotten this altogether straight away. And yeah. it's like there's only uh, Natalie, Ramsey, and uh, Becky that are actually like they're now in a triangle, and Rod's got, gone off on his own, waving his fucking coat angry. Yeah, yeah. he's lost it, mate. <coughs> yeah. Rod, Rod's let the formation go. You know, yeah, he so. wouldn't have lasted in 300, mate. It's all about the formation. Exactly right. And then, then they've got their back to to Ramsey's van. And they're like, and Ramsey goes, "Here they come!" And they start waving these coat hangers at these birds. Ah! Like, so we we've seen the birds. So there's obviously there's two parts of the CGI, I think. So there's the one where they're coming towards you, mm. and then there's the one where they're, you know, the the camera's got the back of the birds, and they're just literally floating there. Yeah. Probably for about a minute and a half. No lie, and these guys are just, you know, outside this truck, like trying to shoo them away with coat hangers. Yeah, and and it's right. Why didn't you just get into the van? Just Why, get into the yeah, van. Yeah, just get into the van for fuck's sake. You know, why are you waving your coat hangers at these birds that are just hanging in midair? I mean, I've imagine driving parts because they're in a parking lot of this cheap motel, and I'm guessing that they wouldn't have had the budget to close off any roads for this. Definitely not. Imagine driving past there and seeing four people <laughs> in diamond formation <laughs> waving coat hangers around. You'd be going, fucking hell, they've, they're on the shrooms. <laughs> Or they've taken some bad acid. (laughs) Yeah, absolute batshit. Absolutely batshit. Yeah, just get in the van and drive away, for God's sake. And then they're driving (laughs) driving along and they see dead people. And it it turns out that everyone's been killed by being scratched on the cheek. Everyone's dead on the side of the road, but the only injury they've got is like a scratch on their cheek, and that's obviously what's killed them. Yeah, you know, death by scratches. Yeah. But but one thing that pisses me off... All right, so Ramsey and co, so Diamond Formation have gone out with a whole load of bloody coat hangers. They start, they get in the car, all of a sudden, Ramsey pulls out a semi-automatic AK-47 and starts gunning birds down. Yeah, and gives Rod a handgun as well. Where were those yeah. earlier? Yeah, why and didn't you go and get them in the first place, you what, Why have you got those in your car? Just ready? Yeah, yeah just a bit like more on the Ramsey. back seat. He, he doesn't have to undo a lockbox in his in his car to get his weapons out. They just would have literally been sat on the seat or on the in the footwell. No word of a lie, I actually counted this. In a space of 30 seconds, they let off about 300 rounds. Wow. So there's all the ammo gone. Yeah. And yeah. they're missing birds. Like they're not. They're not hitting birds. No. Like they're just. No. This is just pissing away ammo. One of the greatest things, though, that we do become aware of is that when the birds, that you can shoot them out of the sky, but sometimes the birds will dive bomb and they will actually explode. So the birds are actual bombs as well, and the birds seem to attack people in cars and gas stations for some reason. That's the only thing that they will attack. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. It's actually that I've I've got here. I've got kamikaze birds. Yeah. I've yeah. written down here. Yeah, they just fly in and explode. And, and it's weird because it goes from like this ah, ah, sound to then the sound of a, I'm pretty sure, a Spitfire bomber in Second World War as they're coming into yeah. Kamikaze. Yeah. You know, into the thing. So they obviously, you know, maybe they're mechanical birds. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. I mean, we do find out what's wrong with them in a little while, of course. Um, so there's loads of dead people and they come across this van they find a couple of kids these kids have somehow survived and there's this one little girl that's hiding under the car and she's like oh my my mommy died and you know she's crying and all this sort of stuff and this other little boy and um doesn't really give a shit does he no he doesn't give a shit at all so there's basically ramsey rick natalie and becky 
they decide to obviously help these two children and basically just abduct them and sort of take them with them. Kids are like, oh, we're hungry, you know. Oh, two yeah. minutes in the car, isn't yeah. it? Two minutes in the, the car. The little girl, I can't remember her name, but she goes, I was, I'm hungry, I was under that van for ages. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what, all of like 10 minutes? On, yeah. Yeah. No, no, they parked up, the parents just made her get under the van for, for yeah. several hours because that's, yeah. that's a holiday for her. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, already started moaning, didn't they? Getting yeah. Back, oh, I'm, I'm hungry. hungry. Look, yeah. It's the middle of a pandemic. Shut up. Yeah, a birdemic. Birdemic, yeah. excuse, yeah. excuse me. So they they find a convenience store. This is it's quite interesting because it's also a gas station as well, much as the much is as the case in America. Then the next bit is where Rod goes to the uh, the gas station owner. He goes, "Oh, I need some gas," and uh, he goes, "Oh, we're we're nearly out of gas because of what's happening outside with the birds. We have got a bit of gas left, but it's hundred dollars yeah, for a litre." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rod is absolutely outraged. And Rod is absolutely outraged. And it's like, mate. You just got stock options from your company and got a ten million dollar deal, and you're moaning about paying a hundred dollars for some gas. I yeah. mean, get your card out, mate. Yeah, <laughs> get, get, get get the Amex out. The, yeah. the you know the platinum Amex. Yeah. But actually, Sam, just before they actually go to that petrol station, they go to the first convenience shop as well. Yeah. So there's two there's two stops. So they go to the first convenience shop and like they go in. You know, it's sort of as you see, they sort of walk in, the doors open, they grab a few sandwiches, whatever else. I've um, got yeah. Sorry, I've got confused with the the shop later on. Yeah, I? yeah, sorry. yeah. That's that's fine, mate. Yeah. Actually, it's sit like, in the corner, please, for ten minutes. <laughs> so the the kids are hungry and uh, yeah, moaning about how hungry they are. Yeah, so they they roll up to this convenience store. The doors open. Um, nothing seems to be. There's no birds around there. Nothing really seems to be a thing. There's uh, there's no one in there. But they just sort of wander in. And uh, you sort of have a look, you know, everything's fully stocked, <laughs> nothing's happened. <laughs> Start walking around, there's no scenes at all, there's no um, suggestion of any carnage that's gone on in there. No. Yeah, they're just sort of looking around and, and getting all the necessities, really. And so Natalie thinks, oh, you know, I'll um, get some... Uh get some provisions and so we see Natalie uh, looking at the bottles of champagne and it's like love come on you're in survival mode here and you're looking at a bottle of champagne well at least Rod's <laughs> there he goes and picks up a whole load of you know those plastic bottles of water he, he gets he? a case so of water basically yeah yeah he's, he's got the idea and the kids have got a bit of candy and all this sort of stuff and uh, yeah Natalie she lives a good life she wants some champagne she's <laughs> a Victoria's Secret model for God's sake to be honest if I was in this birdemic situation yeah. I'd probably grab a few bottles of booze to yeah <laughs> that's probably, probably very true probably, I, I would yeah. absolutely clear out that shop yeah yeah and then is it rod or or natalie peers over the thing to find that the the store clerk has had their eyes pecked out um no i think it's ramsey because he's got the gun because oh, ramsey yeah. sort of uh at the door keeping guard yeah yeah ramsey and his weapon of mass destruction walks yeah. in and um, then the uh, yeah we see the owner just dead with his uh sort of eyes have been gouged out by the birds yeah which yeah. is which is pretty full-on but yeah then they decide to this is just a part gets they decide to just drive to the beach yeah. is it you know just have a nice day at the beach well you know every cloud the yeah. kids will like it they start yeah. playing ball and stuff don't Into, they? yeah yeah you know, you know they're having a good time crack on yeah but this then where it goes south yeah th- this is where it goes south and this is where they see the old man at the bridge and there's this old guy that stood there with the old n95 mask on and he says rod and natalie have gone for a bit of a walk to help the food go down after their little picnic on the beach the, the guy goes don't come any closer so what do rod and natalie do they start going closer and he goes what did i tell you don't come any closer those birds down there are contagious anyway it turns out that this guy's a bit of a scientist. We'll go into a little bit more about what he actually says shortly. But he says, oh no, these birds died of the bird flu virus. Um, that he's just tested their blood. Literally just now tested their blood. 
And he starts talking about how, how global warming is the reason that these birds have basically gone mental and over 40 species have, been, have become extinct since, uh, since global warming has taken effect on, on the birds and the planet, really. Yeah, so, you know, a slight message. So if you're going to tune into this for a little bit of some facts around, around global warming, then it's certainly, you know, a good thing to think. But the funny part that, that sort of cracks me up is, again, is that when they get out of their car and they got out of the beach and they sort of see this bridge with this bloke on it, mm. Rod, uh, Rod just turns around and goes, oh, look, there's a bald bloke on the bridge. <laughs> Does he say that? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they just go up to him. And it all kicks off. Just but, start yeah. chatting to him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, but that is not, I'm pretty sure that's not how bird flu works either. No, it's not really. The birds don't just drop out of the sky if you've got bird flu. And plus, why would you drive to the beach? They're like seagulls coming to kill you. Yeah. Birds yeah. tend to be by the beach. Yeah. Anyway, so old, uh, old Baldy decides to join the rest of the crew and starts giving them a whole diatribe about, you know, how global warming is killing all the birds. And this is one of my favourite bits in the film. He basically confesses to being an orthologist. Now, not an ornithologist, which is a specialist in bird biology, yeah. but an orthologist, which how ironically is the study of the right use of words. that is absolutely (laughs) outrageous and he actually says one of his closing lines before he goes off in his truck and his trailer is that we need to act more like astronauts (laughs) (laughs) this is true absolutely beautiful seeing this yeah so this guy is an orthologist not an ornithologist it's yeah just great that's yeah. um, that <laughs> sums it up really. Um, but then where, where do we go? Where do we go? This is orthologist. The irony. Yeah. Absolute. Oh, it's shit. too funny. I mean, yeah. how lazy are you? Yeah. Not. Yeah. I don't one. know whether the old bald bloke got his lines wrong or couldn't remember the word ornithologist and just said orthologist. I don't know. Yeah. He just had a moment. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a reference to an earlier podcast. Yeah. Um, which I think when we were watching this, I. Overall, we'll carry on talking about the film in a moment, but I did think that, you know, James Wen and, and Tommy Wiseau, who directed The Room, should come together and, and, and make something because their directing style and their choice of actors is quite similar. I think it'd be an absolute cool classic. Yeah. And it would absolutely burn it down at the cinema. You know, they get box office and it'd just be amazing. Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's, let's make it, it happen. Yes, <laughs> you had it here yeah. first. So the next scene is where they're just parked up by the side of the road and there's Rod and Ramsey in the front of the car, and Ramsey says to Rod, oh, where's Becky? And Rod turns to Ramsey and says, oh, she's taking a shit. (laughs) (laughs) So romantic. Uh, It's beautiful. You know, know, they're all comfortable (laughs) with each other. They've been together for all of half an hour. So, you know. uh, Anyway, very shortly, we find that Becky has been attacked. Um, You know, attacked by the eagle birds. She's been attacked by the birds, and, you know, it's the usual uh, scratch to the cheek. She's dead. At least she died with empty bowels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She literally. So they're like. Then the two girls are like. Before this, this happens. The two girls are sort of walking along the beach. Um, we don't. I didn't notice straight away. They sort of stop at this point, and then Natalie sort of walks forward a few steps, and then Becky goes behind this massive roll and bog roll <laughs> to take a massive shit and then his bird cuts along and just mullers her and so she dies in her own shit you know what a way to go and then Ramsey runs after go oh my god Becky Becky and then just leaves her there leaves her dead body covered in bird scratches and poop yeah it doesn't, doesn't take it doesn't take goes over there sheds a tear starts firing off his gun at nothing missing birds as per usual I'll, make you, I'll make you pay yeah we're up to the 7,000th bullet at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and they go and get in the car and he just drive off and leave her. Yeah, just leaves her dead body covered in poo-poo. 
And then, <laughs> and then they sort of, so they're, they're driving along, and then Ramsey's, you know, he's on a bit of a spree, and he goes, right, I've seen some fucking birds. They're by this bus. Yeah, we've got, de- we got to help those people. Red double decker bus, like London style, and this is in California, and it's filmed. It's the Half Moon Bay tourist bus, and this is an actual bus. And people, have, fans of the film, have actually gone and taken pictures of themselves in front of the bus. Isn't that the one one four? One one four to Half Moon Bay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but they get there, and, and to be fair, at this point, you know, Rod's Rod's talking a bit of sense to Ramsey. Ramsey's a bit, you know, he's 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 a bit trigger happy at this point. He's he pissed is. off, of course he is. Uh, he's upset, but yeah. he's left the body. But you know, whatever. And they get to this, and and Rod's going, "Look, leave it." People, they're in the bus, and he's like, "No, they're fine in the bus. Just leave them. They're, Just, they're protected from yeah, the birds. Literally, the birds can't get in there. Leave them." Yeah. Ramsey doesn't take this advice. He goes, "No, fucking pull over. I'm not having this." He goes in there. Like thinking he's Rambo, yeah. Jukes on, gets on the bus, and he's like, "Get off the bus!" <laughs> all these, all these people are hanging on to windows. Yeah, going, "No, we don't want to get off the bus." He's going, "No, get off the bus! <laughs> get off the bus! Trust me, I'm here to save you." They're like, "No, we're all right, Ramsey. Leave it, mate." So he basically forces these poor people off the bus to then. Well, you explain the next bit. Sam, <laughs> I can't even. He gets them off and basically makes them line up in front of the bus while he's trying to shoot at the birds, and um, and then the birds just come and attack them, and then they sort of turn around and then turn back around, and you can see they've got scratches on their cheeks and stuff, and then I think Ramsey takes a shot at one of the birds. And it's like, was this bird full of piss? Because it just takes, like, they just get covered in, like, yellow liquid for no reason. It's like, well, what the fuck's the matter with these birds? You know, yeah. they're just full of piss. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it just melts their faces away. Yeah, and then they, they just, like, fall down really badly. They're just like, oh, no, and then just sort of kneel down. like <laughs> Into perfect formation and all yeah. just, like, die on the floor. Yeah, they all die on the floor, yeah. Um, basically piss soaking into bird scratches. Oh, my God, <laughs> what a way to go. Yeah. You're almost happy you're Becky at that point, aren't you? Yeah. So that's the end of Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey's gone and all the people on the bus, which I must point out, actually, watching the closing credits of the film, this is quite hilarious, that all of the dead tourists on the bus are all relatives of the boom operator. The boom operator is a chap called Chase Osborne, and everyone on the bus is Jessica Osborne, Justin Osborne, so, uh, and, and Haley Osborne. And they're, they're all obviously relatives of Chase Osborne, the boom operator. You can tell that James Wen was like, right, we need some more people to just to be shit actors. Who's got a family close by? I'll tell you what, guys. All right, team. Look, this this is where I love your work, Sam. You know, just golly, looked into the credits and gone, hang on. They're all Osborne's. The boom, the boom operator? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. What's going on? Um, good work, gold. mate. Good it's work, gold. mate. I love those little things you put up. Yeah, so, you know, Ramsey's caused basically a mass suicide. And, yeah. And they're the, all dead. The people were all right on the bus. They were fine on yeah. the bus. Leave them on the bus. Yeah. You know, just let them get on with it. Yeah, and they all die. Um, carry on driving along down this never-ending road of boredom, and we get another few <laughs> years of bloody footage of them just driving this crappy van. Yeah. And they get to the second spot. So... What pisses me off about this is you've gone to the first one, first convenience store, guy's got his clawed his eyes out. Shelves are pretty well stacked, but some are gone and all the rest of it. It's pretty derelict. This one, perfectly working. You know, have they not heard what's going on up the road? Well, apparently the guy that's running the place does because they've nearly run out of petrol. And he's basically, he wants to charge them $100 for a litre of petrol, which Rod is not happy about. He's livid. Like, Mate, you've just in, you've just got loads of money from the sale of your company. You've just started a new solar company and you're moaning about $100 of gas in a birdemic. 
Yeah, still pays for it though, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, hands over his card. And the bloke, the bloke, he's seen the opportunity. He's gone right. People are going to be desperate. Yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> I need to charge him a hundred dollars a gallon or a litre or whatever else. But the, it's like a perfect. Like, he walks into the store as if nothing's happened. So like, hang on, people are being mutilated. Pissed, yeah, mutilated and melted by by bird piss down the road. <laughs> <laughs> you're walking in there and just, you know, grab a couple of ice pots. Yeah. And then you're going, $100, get your American Express out, mate. Just pay for it. Yeah. Filling up his thing and then all of a sudden we get some kamikaze birds again um, that come in and start taking out the petrol station. Yeah, and like little um, little explosions, little bombs when they land again. It's like Rod starts firing the gun in the gas station as well. It's like, mate, don't fire your gun in a gas station. Rule number one. An, explo- uh, an explosion there. <laughs> an explosion. <laughs> an explosion. Yeah. That's an explosion. <laughs> explosion. <laughs> no. But yeah, they're getting sick. So then bloody birds are coming in like bloody, you know, Pearl Harbor, yeah. taking out the bloody um, gas station and they drive on down the road. Yeah. You know, again, and I actually think Rod, for you know, last time was right. He was right about the bus. Don't get involved. Yeah, just just drive on. Just drive just on. It. But anyway, Natalie goes, oh, there's this Let's poor cowboy. Help the guy. Help, help him. Help this weird bloke on his own in a pandit or birdemic <laughs> on the side of the road that's run out of gas. And he's just like some fat cowboy <laughs> who's there, who's about 60, who is rigid. Yeah. He's, he's more rigid than any of the characters we ever met. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's literally got steel rods down his whole body. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they pull over and they're like, oh, you're right, mate. He's like, oh, no, you know, I need some... Have you got any petrol? And he's like, yeah. look, mate, I've just spent $100 <laughs> on the road. <laughs> Fuck off. You I'm can, okay, no, okay. And then Natalie goes, oh, you can buy some from us. Yeah. Yeah. And then then, uh, then he draws a gun on them. Yeah. And he's like, give me... He goes, all right, all right, calm down. I've got a, I've got a spare one in the back. Yeah. So, um, so, <laughs> so slowly, you know, um, Rod gets out the car, opens up the back, and he, he's taking the, uh, the extra can of petrol. Yeah. And he's got a gun as well. So the cowboy points this massive. It actually looks like a legit gun, not the bloody laser quest gun that <laughs> Rod had the entire time. Yeah. And then he's sort of walking up. He's sort, sort of backing away in the opposite direction of where his car is. And it's like, mate, you're going the wrong way. There's oh. an absolute drive-by killing by a bird at this point. <laughs> a just bird. <laughs> Go on. You flo- <laughs> he just literally flows down and like slits his throat. Really cleanly across his throat yeah. and then on his cheek, of course, as well. And then well. you never see that bird again. No. It's, it's off on its own. It's just gone, oh, right, fuck, yeah. fuck this cowboy down here. Yeah. There we go. So he gets killed and that's it. So he gets killed. Yeah. And then Rod, right, there's no other birds. There's no, there's nothing else. So Rod here, if I'm Rod, I'm thinking, shit, well, look, I've, I've unloaded about a thousand rounds so far. Yeah. There's a gun on the floor. It's a cowboy's gun. Mm. You know, there's Ma- the, maybe there's I should take it. Yeah, maybe yeah. I should take it. And the tank of petrol, I've just moaned about the hundred dollars. <laughs> he leaves both on the road and just yeah. drives off and leaves it. Such a div. Oh, he's a he's a that moron. really wound me up. He's a moron because he made such a big deal about the hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Then we get to this is a really weird scene. Um, very strange. Very strange for saying that they've just already stopped a convenience store to get some more water. Um, Rod goes, "Oh, there's a creek up there. We can get some water." And it's like you've just got loads of bottled water in the car, haven't you? Yeah. So they stop and they go walking with these two children, of course, that are in the forest. Yeah, the two kids are still <laughs> two, there two throughout kids all are of still this. With them. And then, like, they're getting this water out of the stream, and there's this, like, really weird perv comes from out the side I'm just of a br- tree. They, they meet Tommy so <laughs> I just literally put that. This guy, he's got a weird sort of wig on. Yeah. And it's, like, odd. It's yeah. like a black, he's got long black 
hair and like a ponytail that's obviously a wig. Yeah. He's yeah. an absolute creep. Yeah, and he lives, he's got a tree house in the tree that the kids want to go in. And um, he's like, yeah. Yeah, come on, come on, kids. Come up to my little tree house. <laughs> he had a bag of sweets. No one knows why. <laughs> Wasn't explained. Yeah. But yeah, no, he was, he was so creepy. And then he starts, oh, banging on about trees and global warming again. Yeah, doesn't one Ugh. of the kids, one of the kids actually goes, oh, are you a tree hugger? Yeah, yeah. she slags him off. Yeah. I'd have high five him. And then it's and then he goes, "There's a mountain lion coming." <laughs> <laughs> so he's like mid. He's like, you know, this, this eulogy to everyone yeah. preaching about global yeah. warming and forests and. And then, and then he, went, <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, there's a mountain lion, must go." He disappears. You never see him. No. And they're and then they're walking back to the car, and there's a forest fire. Well, it's not a forest fire. There's like very. It's like someone's lit a match. At about five different locations of, in in the scene, and there's like just maybe just the worst forest fire. Like you could literally st- blow it out or stamp it out. Yeah, and it's in a shaded area, yeah, which shade- makes no <laughs> yeah. sense. So you've here you've got uh, Rod Natalie and the two kids, and they're all going <coughs> like that. And there's like, what? <laughs> Why are you coughing for? There's literally no smoke. Quickly go in a treehouse. Yeah, you can tell um, that James Wen was like, oh, just imagine that the whole place is filled with smoke, and you're like battling through the smoke. When it came to post production, in inserting the little bits of fire, yeah, it's like you could have literally blown it out or why don't you use the water that you've just collected from the creek yeah. <laughs> to put the fire out yeah but no they just they go they go running mindlessly back towards the car they don't even remember which way they've come in so yeah they get like, lost oh, do we go this way or that way and they get lost a bit and then they find mm. a way back to the car and then it's the kids again oh we're hungry we're hungry yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah they're always fucking hungry leave them under the car <laughs> yeah and so they they decide to drive to the beach yeah but on the way they find my and rick almost dead in the car don't they Oh yeah, that's a that's a shame. Yeah. So so, so Mai is um she's actually half alive, but they just leave her anyway. Again, yeah. it's the classic like scratch on the cheek, it's killed them. Yeah, they know she's she's a goner. Yeah. And yeah. they're holding hands as well, which is what makes this the romantic horror that it is. That you see Rick and Mai, they're holding hands, you know, in the throes of death, and they're holding hands, and they're like, oh, it's a beautiful moment actually. So nice. Should we have, yeah. should we have a moment for them now? Anyway, <laughs> so, so the kid, kids are fucking hungry again, and Rod opens the boot of the van that they're in and finds a fishing rod and a stove. Yeah, oh, how convenient. convenient. <laughs> yeah, how convenient. Jinx. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just decide, and it's the perfect, like, everything you would need for if you were to, to go, like, it's a proper little, I mean, I've been camping, you know, proper little camping stove, portable thing, yeah. you know. Yeah using Ramsey's gear well he doesn't need it anymore does he no he doesn't no and so Rod goes off fishing to leave Natalie and the kids to go and harvest some seaweed to eat and we see that the, the profile of Rod fishing it literally looks like he's taking a piss off a rock <laughs> yeah yeah literally <laughs> just like stood on the highest rock probably like 50 metres away from where the sea actually is yeah, <laughs> just yeah. in a in a sort of silhouette and you think yeah that guy looks like he's doing a piss he's, yeah. <laughs> he's never fished in his life he's never fished in his life so he, he catches a fish yeah, he does a massive fish actually. Yeah, it's, it's quite big. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's yeah. not too bad. But um, he obviously thinks that you can cook a fish without scaling it or gutting it because he basically just lays the fish in the pan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just in, in a pan of water. Yeah, <laughs> you know, where they go, is that creek water? Is that seawater? Yeah, you know, probably seawater. <laughs> just just chuck it in like this pan of water, and Natalie's like sort of carefully chucking in some seaweed and I'm just like that is not yeah and they try and make the children eat it and they're like no we want a happy meal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lovely yeah and then where, where, where do we go from here well we are towards like almost at the end of the film now thank god we are 
at the close. Now, you think, my goodness, what's going to happen to get rid of this birdemic? And all of a sudden, you hear the doves coming in. There's like the doves coming. They're like the doves from above. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. You, you hear the doves coming in, and somehow the sound of the doves calm the killer eagles and then lead them back out to sea. And then you're left with Rod, Natalie, and the two children on the beach just watching the birds fly away. I mean, it's the worst ending yeah. ever. And that's the end of the film. You know, and it, it's, there's, no, there's, no fucking, there's no fucking answers, though, Sam. But they've left it open. They've left it open for Birdemic 2. Leave it close. <laughs> the resurrection. <laughs> close it there, please. Yeah. But yeah, so they're sort of up there, don't they? And, and they're, oh, they're worried. They're sort of in the car and then the birds come round. And, you know, he's realised that the seven millionth round that he's just fired off aimlessly has actually run out of his... And it looks like, if you've ever been to Laser Tag, we used to call it Quasar. Yeah in London it literally looked like the little guns out of that and he'd like snipped it off and that was what he was you know he was shooting so he's run out of ammo yeah. they're all thinking God. Well, one one bird just like dive bombs into the you know the um, windscreen of the car yeah for no reason just kills itself yeah and then they're all just, just like floating there going yeah and then, ah. and then somehow the, um, the doves come and sort of calm the eagles and pers- somehow persuade them they've gone on look, fly away. you've had your fun <coughs> All right, we've we've knocked off a few of them. Relax. Yeah. Um, oh God. Yeah. So that's um that's Birdemic: Shock and Terror. I mean, it is probably worth looking at the trailer anyway. And there is a very good Vice documentary about the um the director James Wen as well. He got quite understandably rejected from the Sundance Film Festival in two thousand nine. You joking? No. I don't know why he got rejected. I'm livid. Yeah. I think it might have some have something to do with the storyline, I'm not sure. Or orthologist. Yeah. <laughs> and so what what James Wen actually did, he, he took it upon himself to do his own promotion for the film, hoping that there'd be a studio that would pick it up that was at the Sundance Film Festival. Right, okay. So this is gold. This is worth watching the little Vice documentary. I think it's about 20 minutes long or something. James Wen got fake birds and covered them in blood and plastered them all over like a minivan, just like in the film. He put some signs on the van as well, trying to promote his film, but he actually spelt birdemic wrong. He put fiddemic. So he missed the R out of it at the start. Anyway, it was so (laughs) terrible. Like, because loads of people were seeing this nutcase driving around his van with Biddemic, thinking yeah. it was some sort of environmental activist trying to say, oh, you know, the world's dying or whatever, but it's obviously James Wen trying to promote his film. Well, to be fair, a lot of the film does come across that sort of environment, uh, environmental does. theme, to be fair. It does, yeah. That's uh, his sort of hidden messages, you know, peace and global warming, and we've got to look after the planet like astronauts or whatever. This is how he actually did Severin films. They basically picked this up and allowed this to, to be released. I think it might have shown in, in cinemas. Um, I think it might be available on DVD. I definitely know that there is merchandise available online, which is a T-shirt, a cap, and a mug. Yeah. So, yeah, so. that's um, that's Birdemic, Shock and Terror. Oh. God. No, no, this 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 was a hard one. It was so boring. Oh, it was. It really was. And yeah. although, you know, we, we, we highlighted the lunacy in it, it was oh like you 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 can't it's hard to explain like just choppiness back the back and forth the audio. Yeah, the audio is bad. Like I say, there's oh. scenes scenes without any sound at all. The angles, the cameraman was on some sort of jaunty angle half the time. The acting was, yeah, unbelievable. I think the the girl, uh, her name escapes me. Sorry, um, that played um, that played Natalie. I mean, she just she Whitney Moore is her name, and she does she still does fairly well. Sort of fairly similar to way that uh, Lisa in in the room. 
still, oh, yeah. still does quite well. You know, they sort of capitalise on the on the fact that they're in one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, know, that cult just, status. Yeah, you know, they go to sci-fi conventions and all this sort of stuff. So I think we mm. actually follow her on Instagram now. So. Yeah, I think we will actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, James James Wen is actually a restaurant customer. He, he actually makes a cameo in the film himself. I didn't see it at all. <clears throat> so yeah, that's uh, that's Birdemic, Shock and Terror. Yeah, guys. Well, look, thanks, thanks very much for, for for tuning in for this one. It was it was a hard watch. It was a real yeah. slog, but uh, but as ever, appreciate appreciate the listens. Thank you, everyone, for listening again this week. Yeah, we look forward to next week. We don't know yet what it will be, yeah. but I'm sure it'll be gold. Yeah, and keep safe out there, guys. See you next time. Cheers. This episode of Things What Not to Watch was written and produced by Jareth and Sam in the Double Bass Studio, Auckland, New Zealand. Oh, I love all shit. I'll turn it off. <laughs>